Welcome, everyone. This is the Chat Footy Podcast. Uh, I am Chris Phelps, and I'm joined by two of my good friends. One's a bit, shall we say, over the limit, and the other one's got internet problems, so it could be anything going on in this podcast. Mr. Dave Horrocks and Ben <laughs> Hey, guys. Go on, that's me. That's, that's all I can do and sound sober. <laughs> you there, Ben? Yeah, I did speak again. Did you not hear that either? Oh, are you joking? <laughs> <laughs> an Orwellian uh, description of himself. Well, we've got Ben with us. Obviously, he's one of the co-hosts, me and Dave, but he's into that. He's playing up, guys. So just uh, bear with us on some of them things. Ben's actually not going on a, a, a vow of silence. He's just having a few problems. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll just edit him in. Got, yeah. oh, all right, Chris, how's it going? <laughs> Ben's going to oh, leave sounds, now. Sounds a bit Vinnie Jones, didn't it? Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, gentlemen, the final's been on and it pretty much went to type, really. Croatia did a lot of possession and, and France just caught them on the break. I thought, I thought Croatia had it set up quite well. They just didn't have the pace up front. Yeah, so I, I can imagine Ben is giving us a detailed description now, but the internet's sort of killing him. So I guess, you know, they, they were pretty unlucky, weren't they? I mean, yeah. they had no, in that first half in particular, they had no luck at all. But I, I can't help but think that that extra bit of skill and class, 99 times out of 100, gets you the results. Yeah. So, you know, I was watching it and I was thinking, this this looks to me like Scotland. You know, when Scotland play England and they all yeah. raise their game and they're right in their faces and then players who are normally playing at a high level on the English side are just playing below that level. And then Scotland are, are right in their faces, pressing really hard. It it kind of felt like that. And then two decisions, two awful decisions, just robbed them, really. I mean, the that first goal was never a free kick to start off with. And I, I, I do like, I have said, I enjoy the VAR stuff. And I like the theatre of it. But that was disgusting, that decision, wasn't it? Surely. It yeah. was never a deliberate handball. And secondly, it's not a clear and obvious error. So how did he how did he end up giving a penalty? And for me, you know, if you're going to experiment in these things, experiment in the Carabao Cup or something, not in the World Cup. Yeah, you know, surely someone should be there and saying, you know, there there are two gates. This is not quantum physics. There are two gates you've got to go through. Was it deliberate? You know, did the hand move towards the ball? Yes, it yes it did, right? How far away was it? Well, the defender thought he got his head on it and missed it. So it literally he had no time to react at all. So if someone goes to smack you in the face, you're gonna put your hands up. It's just it's just a reaction, isn't it? Cause so that's it is. how I read that. So but that's the first one. Is it deliberate? So I didn't think it was, but okay, if you go through that one, then you get to the VAR gate. Is it a clear and obvious error by the ref? Well, no, it wasn't. Surely. Yeah. What do you think of it, Ben? <laughs> well, I reckon it is. I, I agree with Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm hearing I am, a little bit. I am, oh, I am there, hearing is, there he is. He's back. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Can you hear me now? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear me properly? I'm not going to stop ranting if, if you can't hear me. No, it, it keeps going. It's, it's roboting, to be honest. It might be better, um, to be fair, but it might be better just jumping off. And being honest, not in a nasty way. It yeah, just means because it's gonna, it's gonna frustrate you more than anything. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. You, you guys carry on. It's it's entertaining already. So I'm gonna listen back to it when you finish. Okay. <laughs> 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 that sounds brilliant. That sounds like I think guys have <laughs> something to do with the latency, and you yeah. just sounded like you've just had about twenty points. Yeah, but, but not just that, Ben. It's like you watch some YouTube videos where they put the automated um, guy in narrating it. You know what? It's like welcome to this is a hotel. <laughs> Brilliant, mate. Just did something mad with your voice there. Brilliant, mate. Just jump off, Ben. Don't worry, mate. Honestly, we'll, we'll rock and roll this week. But yeah, um, I'm with you, Dave. The speed of thought of that cross coming in and everything. It's not like he's seen it coming in the air and just put his arm. It's come at him at a hell of a speed. Yeah, there's no way that. I mean, everyone was saying it. I put ITV on and I watched on BBC. I put Roy Keane on and he's got he was going mad saying the referee. He's never played football. I can guarantee he's never played football. And to be fair, I know Keane is, is a maniacal bad guy out of some 60s film these days, the way he acts and stuff. But he genuinely was true. It was absolutely true. Yeah. Absolute nonsense. And what frustrated me was he even went to the TV. They couldn't make the decision and said, go and watch the TV. And he still didn't know what he was doing. And obviously, yeah. it's a World Cup final. He's got to double check. But he was like... Yeah, I've liked VAR. I said to you, I've said it before, so I'm not going to go back on it, but you just knew something was going to happen in the final, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, the way he kind of, and and I could tell the way it was going because as soon as the journalists and commentators obviously get some sort of signal that someone's checking VAR, because they say, don't they? They say, oh, yeah. we're getting a signal. Someone's, someone's checking VAR. And then yeah. when he goes over to the screen, you know, oh, this is serious, this. And then when he's looking at the screen, I think we're being projected what he's seeing. Yeah. And you could see it was like it was slowed right down. So it's like, did it touch his hand? Well, I'm sorry, you don't need slow motion for that. Yes, yeah. it absolutely did touch his hand. Did his ball move? Uh, did his hand? Uh, second time I said that. Did, <laughs> did his, his balls move? Toward, did, his, <laughs> did his balls move towards the ball? Well, no, but his hand did. Um, so his hand moved towards the ball. Yeah, it did. But is it anything other than just a human reaction? You know, because yeah. your, your brain reacts after your central nervous system. And, yes. and you know, I think a lot of the things, just for me, it was never, never a clear and obvious error. And so when he went to run on the pitch and then he went back to the TV again, I thought he's, he's going to give it. He's yeah. going back because he's, he knows this is a monumental, this is a landmark decision. It's going to make history. And he's just being that sure. But it's like, no, someone else should be holding him to account and saying, look, no, this wasn't a clear and obvious error. All right, you can debate, was it intentional? All right, you can debate that. But it wasn't clear and obvious, so VAR shouldn't have even come into it. I'm with you. I totally agree, Dave. I don't even think 
I've not heard anybody say it wasn't, it was, sorry, nobody. None of the pundits, nobody. Do we think France would have won? Probably. I think probably, like you said, they, they just had that bit more about them and the, the, that, that level of, they had a different level if they needed it. And I think yeah. the lack of pace shown, because the France have got a really, really quick back four, uh, and they have mm-hmm. got it obviously with Mbappe at the other end as well, but it really shown there because, you know, that's what happened against England. England got a real fast back four in some mm-hmm. respects, Walker, Trippy, and all that. But obviously Manzuki still sneaked in. So the only way they were going to get a goal was tired legs. Yeah. Stuff like that. That's why they were doing a lot of crossing and stuff like that. Because, I mean, the goal, Perisic's, was an absolute belting goal on it. Absolute class goal. I, and, and again, it, for me, that was the best goal of the final. I yeah. know Pogba's was pretty good as well, but I thought just that first touch, the way, you know, so that, uh, so the guy passed it back to him and he just got that with his right foot and he just opened his body up and just buried it in the corner. I, I thought, oh, game on, game on. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, to have that penalty then, I mean, it must have absolutely knocked the stuffing out of him. Yeah. I must admit though, Dave, on a side note, I can totally understand why we were chasing United because I'd have Perisic all day long. He's what a bit of what we need, I think. I think yeah. he's a lot of teams, good player. I tell you, he, he reminds me in a way of Suarez. Yeah. In that just, he's just an absolute, he's got all the technical ability. Plus, beyond that, he's just a scrapper. He hates to lose. Yeah. And, and no, I absolutely agree. He, he would be an addition to, to anyone in the Premier League. Yeah, great player, great player. Just hope Mourinho's watching now. We get this uh, if they are still after him, go for him because he's a great player. But no, I reckon I reckon that that French lad Pogba looked pretty good. And I reckon yeah. he should uh, he should probably uh, go to United because if he turned up from this season, he, he'd be pretty good. Yeah, well, that's the problem. He'll be playing <laughs> left wing back or something the next season under Mourinho. But he'll probably end up leaving now, Dave. After all this, we've not seen them play like that very often, except for City. In the second half of the season, when we come back to 3-2 from 2-0 down, he was brilliant in that half. Absolutely sensational. But he's by the by, he is world-class. He showed at Juventus, didn't he? He, he? he was playing with Perlo and stuff. He's, you know, he's not playing with the same calibre of players, unfortunately, in that midfield for United. So we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Mbappe, what a player, Dave. Absolute <laughs> sensational, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's not bad, is he? And it'll, it'll be interesting, you know, what's the latest on Paris Saint-Germain? Can they, can they actually keep hold of him or, or do they have to get rid of him because of a financial fair play? They've, they've got to get rid of one of them. And if I was a betting man, I remember last year someone saying, that it was Guillaume Balaguer, someone saying he was always destined to go Real Madrid Neymar, that he was going Paris Saint-Germain for a season or two and then Real Madrid were going to buy him because obviously Barcelona would never sell direct to him. Obviously, had the Luis Figo fiasco in mm-hmm. the 90s, didn't they? Late 90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. whatever it was. And he said he'd never do business with him again. And I think I think it's set up for Neymar going, which I think personally for Madrid is a mistake because he's not the same calibre as Ronaldo, whereas Mbappe, I think the world is his oyster. And I think with the pace and that, it'll get him out of a lot of situations and put him in obviously he's got a finish but I think he's got it in him when he could get 30 goals I'm not sure with Neymar yeah no I, I completely agree I think Neymar looks a bit trickier um but but 
Mbappe really does remind me of Brazilian Ronaldo. Yeah. You know, just the he's got the pace and you know, he's he's almost he's got so much pace and, and ability, but he sometimes forgets the ball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but no, I mean he he, he just looks a class act, doesn't he? And and nineteen years old, he he could go anywhere. And one thing, Dave, as well, is you've had a, you know, I'll, I'll give you your props on this, you and Ben. You've endured an horrendous sort of build-up to the World Cup by people taking the mick out of your goalkeeper. And, <laughs> and Lloris, I mean, we had the hair do it, but then Lloris was like, look, you know, as the old saying goes, hold my pint, I'll show you something even worse. And I think that was actually worse because I think at 4-1, he was being cocky, trying to nutmeg him. And he thought, oh, I'll get in on the act here because you can see him giving the eyes, couldn't you? Like he was going to meg him. And it was like, yeah. no, you don't do that. I mean, it didn't make a difference to the game, but it could have done. No, and and Lloris has, has been class, hasn't he? I, I think, you know, when for the uh, for the semi-final game, France against Belgium, I, I honestly thought both Courtois and Lloris, that was two goalkeepers on the top of their game. You yeah. know, and, and yeah, I think I think that was just a, a bit of a meltdown, wasn't it, from Larice tonight? Because you look and the angle that the striker's running in at, you think, well, just take it forward because his momentum, he can't do anything. No. no. But he's trying to be really clever, which, to be honest, you know, three times out of ten, you know, you might get away with that and if you're in the final third and doing it well that that's good enough but as a goalkeeper i mean that that was a that was a bit of a howler wasn't it yeah i mean i don't think he would have done it at one nil dave or two one or whatever but i think he just got a bit cocky and yeah and it it made to be fair it made the last 20 minutes more interesting than it probably was because there was a bit of impetus thinking well if they do get one croatia you just never know dear if you know they put Mm -hmm. up something happens so it made it watchable then but you know fair dues to France I think consistently they've been the best team and when you look at the teams they've won't beat against like Argentina and that that it has had a hard, harder side that they've got to the final on so mm-hmm. I, have, I have no problem with them winning it and I think it's ominous for Euros now because I think Croatia are going to get stronger and obviously England are going to get stronger as well so the Euros is going to be an interesting competition in a couple of years so we'll see uh, see how that one plays out but Dave, one thing I did notice, which I thought was quite funny at the end, was the fact that Putin was the only one with an umbrella for quite a while there. When the I, I didn't go unnoticed in my household as well. It's like, look, guys, get the umbrella out. Make sure Putin's there. You've got the you know well turned out Croatian prime minister there. <laughs> yeah, in in a Croatian <laughs> top. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, yeah, she'll be all right, you know. Yeah, she's a lady. Forget yeah, it. There's no chivalry, is there? You know, there's no. <laughs> so, like, give the umbrella to the lady. No, 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 Putin. And and I just thought, you know, that's it. it says a lot, doesn't it? Without yeah. you know, very subtly uh, yeah. about what's going on there. Because I mean, let's face it. You stand back from it and you say, in yeah. terms of just crowd violence and all the negative things that come with the World Cup, it's probably been the best. I, c- I can't yeah. remember a World Cup without some kind of flare-up somewhere. There's been nothing, Dave, and I'm really, really surprised with the England fans and that we haven't had the neo-Nazis. I don't know whether 
they've been scared off because of all the horror stories about them, you know, doing MMA and they're going to take steroids to get like, you know, shoulders as big as boulders, as they say, and all that stuff, you know, ready to sort of maim and kill people. But it was just not that at all. I know the Euros Mm -hmm. 2016 was a bit of a bloodbath at certain stages. And I'm sure the England fans are no saints, but it was quite obvious that, people were running scared and, and they had like the head of the FA sat there in sort of the Russian, uh, the main square there, red square and stuff. And he said, he said, honestly, he said, the amount of people contacted me for the quarterfinals when England was still in, he said, he's unbelievable because they can't believe it's the same country from what the stories they heard. Cause they, that's why England were outnumbered in a lot of the games because mm-hmm. usually in these world cups, England are never outnumbered by anybody. And he said they were totally outnumbered because people were too scared to come. So and, I, I, they're you don't want to. You don't want to. You don't want to even think it. But is it so simple as because England fans didn't go there in numbers, there was no crowd crowd violence? You might be right. I know it, it, a, yeah. it, it, you know you you don't want to think it even, do you? Because no. you sort of think, well, you know, any football fans give them a few beers and whatever, and and you know just men testosterone's up few beers like say and then you know anything goes kind of thing but unfortunately it looks like you know you have less england fans you don't have trouble at the games no you and that to be fair i've not even thought of it like that day but i think you might be right and and everyone's come away from this russia saying what an absolutely beautiful place you know to go to live and i'm sure obviously in this the winter it's absolutely freezing and that we know that but it's sub-zero, but the actual setting, the people, everyone was so accommodating. So I think I think I was trying to think of a score, Dave, like, you know, out of 10 for the World Cup as a whole. Like mm-hmm. my my favourite World Cup, and I think it might be probably for uh, rose-tinted glasses, was 1990. I always had that as a 10, and I think with this one, I'd probably give this about a 9, I would have thought. Maybe so- a, t- a 10. I guess there's two things, isn't there? So, so I agree. For me personally, 1990 obviously is part of our theme tune. We've got old Pavarotti coming in there. It just it still raises goosebumps for me. Yeah, but it wasn't a great World Cup. It it was a great World Cup for England. Yeah, or well, not great, but you know it was very good, and we had a bit of a hard luck story, but. There were hardly, there weren't many goals. There were a lot, of, a lot of the games were drab. So they ended up after the 1990 World Cup. FIFA ended up bringing in the back pass rule. Yeah, of course it was 92, wasn't it? And it yeah, and it was all because you know there were hardly any goals, you know, in in the grand scheme of things in the tournament. And so I, I don't think, on the whole, it was a great World Cup. Um, I'll tell you, sorry to cut you off, Dave. I'll tell you, which World Cup was good and purely from a neutral was watching every. I've said it before on these episodes is the 94 one because I watched all the Mm -hmm. games in Spain. I was there for nearly a month and I I remember watching every game, the Republic of Ireland games, everything. Now, that was a good World Cup. Stoichkov and everything. There's some great games there. uh, Bulgaria were outstanding when they beat Germany in that Let's Mm -hmm. stuff. But yeah. You're probably right, Dave. It's rose tinted glasses. We always because I think what it was with ninety was it was the birth of Gaza for me. Yeah, absolutely yeah. love Gaza, you know, and that was the birth of him more than anything. And I think close second, in, it, not for a World Cup for the tournament, has got me Euro '96. Absolute class Euro '96. Yeah. As England fans, it, it's those two, isn't it? Yeah, and 
I think we, we probably need a bit of time, I think, to step back because at the end of the day, I, I think the English public has reconnected with the England team. Yeah. You know, I think back to, and, and this isn't all about Roy Hodgson, but, you know, I do have an opinion on Roy Hodgson, you know, but after the Iceland defeat, he basically turned up all grumpy and stuff and was like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. You know, I've resigned. I, sh- I shouldn't really be here. Well, no, you were accountable to lead that team so you'll face the music. Yeah. And, and for me, it was just a, an indication of just how disconnected they are from, from actual fans. And so to, to take the team from there to now, where you see all the scenes around the country and beers flying in the air, I still don't get it, but it looks great. I'm sure everyone enjoys it. You know, queue up for an hour for another pint and then and then throw it in the air. But, you know, for me, what they've done is fantastic. Now, if I'm to be a little bit more analytical about it, though, we won three games and we've lost three games and we've drew one. And the one that we drew went went through on penalties. Yeah. So we beat Tunisia, we beat Panama, and we beat Sweden. Drew against Colombia, lost against Belgium twice, and lost against Croatia. If that's a league, you know we're we're Huddersfield, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Good point. So I I don't want to I don't want to douse. Uh, water on all the, the flames of enthusiasm and whatever, but pff, I'm looking back at it and I'm thinking, well, again, it's 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 not really that great. <laughs> no, I, and I, yeah, it's true. Someone else put that yesterday, and when you look at it in the cold facts, it's not. We, we actually lost more games than anybody at the World Cup. Um, if you look at it that way, Dave. But but. Obviously, we got really far, so it's quite um, yeah, yeah. It's quite a polarizing start, isn't it? Really, but you know, I'm sure in years to come, someone's going to say which team played seven games at the World Cup, got to the semi final, but lost three of them, and people will be like, "Oh, that's not possible," but it is possible. I still say the Belgium thing was it was still a crux for me. It really was. I don't know why. It just really annoyed me. And I know, obviously, we would have ended up in a harder side, but. You've got to play the best, Dave, haven't you? So, it... a, a lot of it's psychological, isn't it? Yeah. So, if we'd have lost one nil, played the best team, played well, and uh, but the result was the same, I think the overall feeling would have still been behind the team. But the way it was just like, well, here's the reserve team, and none of them gave a good account of themselves. Yeah. None of them, not even Rose. Yeah. Um, for me, that that left a sour taste. And I tell you what, you know, Croatia, and I heard it on the commentary before, so they played three sets of extra time. So that's an extra one game. Well, they didn't really play like that in the final. No. This is not a 38-game league season. It's the World Cup. Play your best team. And, and I know I'm pushing on an open door with you because you were saying the same going into it before we even knew the team for that Belgium game. Stop messing about. Stop trying to conserve energy and whatever. And talk about red zones and what, what have you. It's the World Cup. You take each game on its own merits. And then when you've sorted out that game, worry about the next game. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And I, I think... 
I think as well, Dave, he's, he's, yeah, we got to the semis. There was a great chance of getting to the final. And I think really it was the typical English mentality. You know, even friends and family were saying it. And I kept saying to him, people at work and that, okay, yeah, what are we doing Sunday? What are we doing Sunday? You know, in the semi-final before we even kicked off. And I was like, you should never, ever do that. Any game, you can turn on it. He said, you can be tuning up, cruising. Yeah. And then within the space of 10 minutes, it can be 2 all or 3-2. You know how football works, Dave. We've all been there, highs and lows of our own team, when you've been cruising in a game and then all of a sudden it's just going to absolutely to pot. So you never take anything for granted. And with England, you don't take it for granted. Now, do I think England are going the right direction with the right person? Yeah. I didn't think anything before the tournament started. I just thought that Southgate was an absolute yes man, an absolute FA yes man, just Brought in there, not to rock the boat, not controversial. He's English. He didn't really have any pedigree as a premiership manager. All right, I know the under-21s and that, he did the business mm-hmm. and stuff, so fair enough. But they tried that with Stuart Pearce and it never worked. So, you know, I know he never moved up, but I didn't think he was good enough as a manager. So I wasn't convinced, but now I am. And I'm like say, exactly what you said, I'm an absolute believer in the national team now. You know, I even bought a shirt jumps on the bandwagon, but I will be supporting him through the, through all the qualifications now and stuff for Euro. So, you know, he's doing something right. I just hope it doesn't fall off. And then by this next Euro round of qualifying, the, the, the press just absolutely go against him because he's the media darling at the moment. Apparently, he got a stand innovation from the press today and everything, as he, as he thanked him and everything for reporting everything really well. So he's doing something right. You know, there's a couple of things uh, off the pitch that I'll reflect on. So yeah. I, I saw going into the tournament, he he seemed to do a lot off the pitch to try and break down some barriers between the players and the journalists. And let's face it, for all the, you know, we like to think we watch the games and we make our own minds up, right? We do a little bit, but we're very, very influenced by the commentators, by what's written in the papers. And I thought that was a very clever tactic to actually yeah. get in there with the journalists and, you know, not, not, not in a manipulative way, but just, you know, break down the barriers. Don't create these massive walls and, you know, stick yourself in the ivory towers so that, you know, people are going to think the worst of you. So I thought that was that was really, really good. But even more so than that, I was impressed with the fact that he's declined having um, an open-top bus parade on the way home. That's good. So, you know, I think I think they probably did in 90. I can't quite remember off the top of my head. Yeah, Gazza had all the boobs on. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they came back as heroes, didn't they? Yeah. And, and they were, just as these guys are. But I like the fact, I think it speaks volumes, the fact he said, no, we haven't won anything, so why why would we have an open-top bus parade? No, I like that. And, yeah. and, and for me, that's... And this is what the Germans do. This is what they do. They, they kind of, all right, they're focused on winning at that time. Once they've won or they've lost, it's like, right, on to the next one then. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You should, shouldn't celebrate failure, Dave. You celebrate winning, don't you? So it's pointless doing that, isn't it? It's, it's a cliche in the Premiership when teams have done this sort of thing, haven't they? And they've, you know, they've, they've nearly got somewhere and they have a bit of a parade. It's embarrassing. Whether it's my team, your team, it doesn't matter. It, it, yeah, I just don't understand why you celebrate failure. 
Well, again, so before the tournament started, you would have said par would have been getting to the quarterfinals, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, that getting out of the group, getting through the last 16, quarterfinals, that's par. So they've gone beyond that. They've done better than that. So for me, it is a success, but it's still not winning something. No, no. So, if they got yeah. to the final, Dave, then fair enough. I could accept it. Beating finalists, I know you're saying celebrating failure, but I could live with them doing that. Whether I agree with it, which I don't, but whether, you know what I mean, I, 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 I could understand it. You know, the young lions, everyone's a gate. Fair enough, but it's semi-final. At the end of the day, he's done. My company, he's friends, Dave, and they've given them all tomorrow off in France. Well, no one in the UK's got that email anyway, so we're definitely <laughs> in work tomorrow. So, Yeah, very nice. I yeah. mean, so Croatia, absolutely, you could you could accept that, couldn't you? Yeah. An open-top bus parade there, um, small little country, punching way, way above their weight. Um, you could accept that, but yeah, for us, no, I think it's, it's work in progress and it's on to the next one. Let's make sure we qualify for the Euros now and we'll do everything to try and win that one. Exactly. Now, um, Dave, let's, uh, just, you know, before we, uh, go off into the, the great iTunes podcast in the sky for a couple of weeks, um, should we talk about the predictions and fantasy football? <laughs> uh, I think my internet is dropping. <laughs> Ex- exterminate, exterminate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's <laughs> that galactica. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, well, obviously, we, me, Dave, and Ben have had a prediction league going, and Dave and myself had a discussion yesterday. And at the last hour, I was six points, ahead, five points ahead with six points to play for. So I was hoping that there wasn't a Manchester United 2012-type collapse um, and being on the receiving end of that, <laughs> I really was worried. Then Dave pulled the semi-final result out of the bag, didn't he? Yeah, the third and fourth place result out of the bag. By So, yeah, they, they were, there were six possible points to play for and you had a five-point lead. Yeah. And so I, I said, right, I'm going, you know, it's going going for bust. And then the third place playoff I'd called bang on the nose at 2-0. Yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, I think, Chris, you'd, you'd predicted France. And I thought, well, the only way I can possibly win. So I, I could equal the score. You know, if I if I got it right on the nose, I'd get three points and then we'd be equal, wouldn't we? Yeah, we draw. Yeah. No, not satisfied with that. I'm going to go for bust. So I'm going to call it a one-all draw. And, yep, I'm bust. <laughs> <laughs> but then, uh, Mr. Horrocks as well, then we, what it was yesterday, we were doing our Comics in Motion podcast. So I had the gaming in the background. Then as I looked, it was 1-0. Then I looked again, and it was 2-0 because we were interviewing two guys um, from America. And it, I was absolutely deviled with the score. But then it decides after the podcast that he was um, – he tells me his fantasy team was made up of what could only be described as ringers, an English substitution bench, which he used all of them. Luckily, that didn't come in. But then it was all Croatia – and France, the whole team. Now, I must admit, Dave, I've got I've got a little confession. Um, one thing you didn't do on your team, I don't know whether you meant to or you'd actually oh, change it. Here we go. Harry Kane was still your captain. He was. 
this morning he was still mine, but I could change him this morning, so I changed it to Griezmann, <laughs> and that's what made me win because I ended up beating you by five points. <laughs> Getting so, um, the final that stand- is, yeah, I'm not going to swear, but that is full <laughs> hit. <laughs> hey, I think you would have beat me by a point, I think, or we would have drew because I literally went on this. I morning. cannot believe you can change your captain after he's played the game. Yeah. That is that yeah. is not on. That is not on. Yeah. I would write to those people. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I just sat there this morning. I'm looking at your team. I'm, I'm cursing, thinking he's going to do me here because you were on two four one and I was on two five two, and I'm thinking he's eleven points behind me. He's going to do me. I know he is. Looking at the the depth of your team, no matter which way the game would have gone, because you had some Croatian players in there as well, didn't you? Like Modric and stuff. I thought he's going to do me. Here. He's going to go ahead. So I just by chance went on. And if you looked at the league at the top, I just put finally. And it was still Harry Kane because I had Griezmann, Varane and Modric. And that's mm-hmm. all I had from the final. And it come up, captain. And I was like, oh, you beauty. <laughs> and that's what that's what made me win because, I put, because he scored, didn't he? I got more points as a captain. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and that's the difference, isn't it? Fine margins, fine margins. I mean, yesterday I was feeling pretty confident, I must admit, because I had Larice, you know, who had a mare. Yeah. Um, I had... You know, Lovren at the back. So yeah, with the amount of goals he, he conceded, yeah. he got no points. I had Hernandez, who I thought has had a, a good tournament. I thought he had a decent game, but he got booked. So, you know, didn't get many points for him. I had Pavard, the right back as well. He got one point. I had Angolo Conte. I thought, oh, he's, he's going to, you know, put in a solid performance. Zero points. <laughs> You had Mbappe, though, didn't you? I did have Mbappe, so he, he popped up with a goal. And, and again, when that goal went in, I'm thinking, actually, I reckon the league's looking pretty healthy for me. But no, still Harry Kane with the four points. And <laughs> just don't know what to say with that. They, it's, a, it's a massive loophole. To be able to change your team after they played. Ah. Yeah, and Dave, all I can say to you is it's only what Chris Phelps will do best. <laughs> as the great Rick Flair said, is you've got us a light cheat and steal, Dave, to get where you need to go. Yeah. But no, that was really good. And then obviously in our predictions, well, I won that as well. So it's a, a clean sweep. So you've got now two years to rectify that. Unless, oh, well, actually, no, because we're going to do a premiership one, aren't we? So you may actually wipe the floor with me over a season. But uh, over a contained few games, I've... I've but it's basically squirmed my way to the top, I think. You know, that's the best way to describe it. <laughs> well, let's see. So, yeah, so we have been discussing, haven't we, that we're, we wanted to do this as a kind of a bit of an experiment, you know, short-term thing, and, and we'll just do it over the World Cup. And then Chris, Ben and I have, have discussed, and, and we think we're going to well, there's no think about it now, so we are going to go ahead and we'll set this up for the Premier League season as well. So absolutely, we're going to have to set up another fantasy league. Um, Predictions league, sounds like a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah, unless I think think unless we can get an auto-generated thing, that's going to be... That maintains itself, Dave. I I don't think... We're going to do. I'll have a look online actually, see if there's anything we can do for us, just for us three, for our own sort of personal WhatsApp um, pre- yeah. 
preening and posing. But yeah, we're definitely doing a fantasy football league. And what we've both discussed, and uh, sorry, all three of us have discussed, or it was an idea, was we're thinking that we're going to start recording around a Sunday evening, aren't we, Dave? So we are going to see if people want to come on. They can come on. We have got Matt from Jasper Reviews as well, who is an Arsenal fan, to sort of balance out that northern south divide i suppose we used to be in liverpool me being united and then we'll try and get other people on from other teams throughout the season which you know i think the format's working so there's no reason to change it and it's it's a little bit of a blank canvas so we'll kind of we'll carry on doing what we're doing obviously we'll discuss the games that have been on and and games that are coming up um i actually think i don't know how we do it you know but but kind of phone-in show Mm. You know, having people coming on and and giving their opinions might be might be something we could do as well. So we're 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 just kind of we've got a few weeks now before we really sort of kick off with the new season, and so we'll we'll just have a think about it and see what what works best. And probably whatever we start off with with the new season, we'll we'll still continue to experiment through that. Exactly. Now, Dave, have you got any plugs before we go? Yeah, so um, I'll start off with the Comics in Motion podcast. So we've released today, probably uh, yesterday when you're listening to this. So we had a a fantastic, a classic of a movie that Chris and I had reviewed, or at least I thought, and, and in my memory, it was a classic. It was the 1985 Weird Science movie, which if you watched it when you were around 15 at that time, or kind of early teen years, it, it was a classic. Um, Chris watched it later in life, and uh, so we disagreed quite a lot on that. So that, that was a lot of fun to record, and uh, I I hope to listen back to as well. So that's one. Um, We've also got, so we had a couple of creators, a writer and an artist for a new book coming out as well. So we were learning a little bit about obviously their story, but, you know, about their journey on bringing that book to, to the shelves. So that that was all very interesting. And then final thing I'll say is just the grassroots coach cast. So now that we're drawing this world cup to a close, then we will probably uh, record in the next few days on the Grassroots Coachcast again. So we're looking to get back to a weekly format for that one. Good stuff. And Chris, yourself? Yeah, I will. I'm resurrecting it, Dave. I've decided now that this has come to a finish, I think it was too much for us to take on. But my podcast, the context, not what we're doing, but trying to keep my podcast going. My podcast, the contextual podcast, is definitely back this week. It will be episode 49. I'm going to hit 50 by this time next week, uh, episodes. So that we talk about gaming, uh, MMA, WWE, different things. So I'm definitely going to get that doing. I think I'm going to try a bit of a shorter concept with it, keep it to about half an hour. So if you do get a chance, go on iTunes and listen to the contextual podcast. Um, I will advise you, it is an R-rated one. There's plenty of swearing, which when you listen to that, you'll think that I'm an absolute genius for not swearing at any of the other podcasts, but <laughs> every other word usually is begins with an F and ends in a K usually. So um, I've got that. And then obviously we've got the Chat Footy Gossip podcast, which is the daily transfer news and speculations, just two to three minutes long, guys. So all we do is we just troll online and contacts that me and Dave have slowly acquiring and just put some news and speculation out there. A lot of the stuff we speculated on has actually come true, Dave. So I'm quite proud of that. Probably a lot of it hasn't, but I think at the moment we're running at about 50%, which isn't too bad. 
because obviously these things can come from nowhere and people can create stories from anything. So that's a great idea and concept we're going to try and keep running. How we go about it, sorry, Dave, how we go about it when the transfer window's shut, I'm not sure, but we're going to keep that going. Yeah, no, and I have to say, so Chris, you you've been so we started out together. You've been you've been uh, doing more of it recently. I I enjoy listening to it. <laughs> so <laughs> so I'm a I'm a transfer gossip junkie. Uh, one of the I I'm sure in one of the very first episodes we did, we were talking about Jorginho going to Man City. Yeah. So what what has been interesting is obviously when we're looking at these names, like when when you're a casual kind of fan, you 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 just look at these names and it's just uh, I've never heard of him, or maybe I have heard of this one, know a little bit about this person, but it, it is interesting how variable it all is and until you see those guys with that scarf you know in the club colors and everything although i I say that nowadays they've got they got these videos and everything haven't they yeah it's embarrassing i mean it it is a bit isn't it i mean you you sort of want to say to the clubs look guys just enough's enough calm it down I'm with you on that. I mean, we did it with Sanchez and we've done it with Fred as well. The Fred one was quite funny because it actually took the mick out of the Sanchez and we had Fred the Red playing the piano. But even so, <laughs> I'm with you, Dave. I'm not a big fan of the way they announce these people. It's actually quite cringeworthy. Um, but yeah, so we'll just see how that goes. And you are right, Dave, because there's a lot of stuff there like the Jack Wilshire stuff as well. And now he's at West Ham and we reported that a few weeks earlier. So... But we're learning ourselves. We're not experts. We're not report, roving reporters. I haven't got a pen behind me here and a bloody uh, notepad in my pocket looking for stories and finding contacts. We're just simply looking where we can, what's available online. So if you want that, you don't want to be trolling websites and stuff, please give the podcast a listen. It's only two, three minutes of your day. So chat footy gossip on iTunes and all of the podcast hosting sites, guys. Yep, very good. Okay, Dave. So, Dave, um, We've got a couple of episodes this week. The chat footy gossip. I'm not sure whether we're going to have one next week and we may just keep it on going. Um, well, the chat footy gossip's going, sorry. The chat footy podcast, sorry. We're going to keep that going. So we may just do it as a weekly thing leading up to the season. I'm quite happy to go ahead with that. But we'll keep you guys informed anyway because people have been asking us what the format's going to be as we've just discussed. So mm-hmm. anyway, Dave, I've been Chris Phelps. And I've been Dave Horrocks. And Ben, do you want to lead us out? I've been Ben. <laughs> ben is going to kill us at the end of the Unbelievable. So, yeah. I have to say, so um, in the very first Grassroots Coach Cast, I did do that. I was experimenting with just uh, recording on different tracks and stuff through Skype and whatever, and uh, I had a little intro there, and I went, hi, I'm Dave. And I went, oh, and I'm Ben. <laughs> <laughs> so it's I'll, not the first time I've been impersonating my co-host yeah I'd, I'd love to see how you do my voice but anyway yeah. <laughs> but no thanks for listening guys and this is something I sent to Dave and Ben the other day so this is all we've got to say on this and I think it's quite appropriate we've had a great World Cup it's been a great experiment with this podcast which we absolutely love and here we go you've got 
to hold and give, but do it at the right time. You can be slow or fast, but you must get to the light. They'll always hit you and hurt you. Defend and attack. There's only one way to beat them around the back. So catch me if you can, because I'm an England man. And what you're looking at is the master. Oh, it's gone off. Oh, no. Hold on, hold on. We ain't no hooligans. He's saying a football song. Free lines on my chest. I know we can't go wrong. We're playing for Edward. We're playing the song. We're playing for England. That, ladies and gentlemen, is where we've got to end it. I, I think that was just before we got beat by Croatia, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I sent it to everyone, and everyone was like, "Wow, how do you know the lyrics?" I was like, Cause "I just oh. went on Google." <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I could recite that. Yeah, there was a few bits. I think on the one-one-one bit, to be fair, at the end, I thought it was. Uh, I don't know what I thought he was, but it wasn't that. But anyway, Dave, it's been fun, mate. So thanks, everyone, and uh, ciao. Arrivederci. You've got to-